Hello, hello. Jeremy here. Welcome to the Special Needs Special Families podcast, where we raise awareness of the special needs community through interviews with families about life with children who have special needs. Today, we are honored to have Severn Hamilton join us from Oregon. Welcome, Severn. Thank you for joining us. Please tell us a little about yourself. Thank you, Jeremy, for having me. Yeah, Severin, I live in Oregon, the country below you guys, and uh, <laughs> married to my wife, Megan. We've got three kiddos, and our youngest son has Down syndrome. He's seven years old. We, we received a prenatal diagnosis for Coulter, my son, and that kind of definitely took us on a, a different trajectory for life than we were anticipating, but he is a blessing and a, and a, and a joy, and we uh, are now kind of in the special needs disability circles, and that's obviously how Jeremy and I met. You can maybe share about that. Yeah, so I met Severn at a conference that was run by the organization that he works for, and they have an outreach program helping families with special needs, and gave a retreat weekend away where they worked with us. They also gave us some time. They had people to be with the kids, so we were able to get some time away from the kids as well which uh, was a nice weekend to recharge, but it was also a fulfilling weekend as they had lots of activities and sessions uh, where we learned about different things and also just built support and made connections with others in the same community. So that was a big blessing. And I really enjoyed that. Uh, here, they just changed their name to the Guidelight. Yeah. So it used to be the uh, Elisha Foundation and now we're Guidelights. We're trying to help families that experience disability and shine a light on their path because obviously things can get kind of dark when you get a diagnosis of, of a disability. So I will be including a link. There should be a link in the description to their website if you want to check them out. So anyways, some people out there don't know what uh, Down syndrome is or don't know much about it. Could you give like, like a one minute quick synopsis of what it is so that uh, those who are listening for the first time have an idea of what we're talking about? Sure. Down syndrome is named after the gentleman who discovered it, but uh, really it's an extra 21st chromosome. We have 23 chromosomes in our bodies, uh, a copy from the mom and a copy from the dad. And trisomy 21 is an extra copy of the 21st chromosome, which leads to what we know of as Down syndrome. Syndrome. So instead of having 46, they've got 47. And yeah, Down syndrome has typical physical features, kind of low muscle tone, almond-shaped eyes. Yeah, there's just a, a general look that if you see a child or an adult with Down syndrome, you could probably identify it. Maybe unlike another disability that maybe not is so uh, recognizable. But yeah, so as women get older, there's more likelihood of, of having a child with Down syndrome. I think the statistics are like one in 700 children or one in 600 children is born with Down syndrome. As I said earlier, we got a prenatal diagnosis and uh, it was definitely shocking, but also, you know, brings with it many joys as well as, as I'll share later. So, yes, no, absolutely. As a clarification for some people, the age doesn't matter. It's just the chances go up with time, but they don't actually know what causes it per se. Yes, exactly. Is it something in the, in the environment? Is something in the genetics? And there's no real understanding of why that chromosome, when it multiplies, it does what it does. So, yeah. So Severn, everybody's story is a bit different. We all struggle or have different difficulties with some of the same scenarios. So in your case, what kind of things did you have to deal with that were maybe difficult for you and your wife, whether it was like when you learned about it, you guys learned from the, the prenatal screening? Yeah. Was that something that wasn't a big deal? Like Everybody's different. So for us, you know, we had two kids already and my second child, my son, he also was born with some challenges. He was born with a cleft lip and palate. 
You know, whenever you have a child, children are a blessing, no matter how they look or whatever disability they might have. But yeah, having my son with a cleft lip and palate really, it was again, another challenge. And so when we wanted to have another child, we were concerned about that. We were concerned that this other child might also have a cleft lip and palate. And so my son was able to have a reconstructive surgery within the first year of his life and could hardly even notice now he's, he's a handsome young man, a 10 year old boy, just very thankful for the good doctors that took care of us. But yeah, so when we decided to have another child, we were nervous for sure. So the prenatal diagnosis was really to see if he or she might have a cleft lip and palate. We hadn't really intended to do any sort of prenatal testing. We just wanted to see what we were blessed with. So at the six month ultrasound is where they got some flag markers. So without getting too into the details of the, of the technicalities, my son was born with what's called the duodenal atresia, where basically your stomach cul-de-sacs. So on an ultrasound, instead of seeing kind of a complete GI system, it looks like these two balloons instead of one. So those were some of the flags that led us to the ultrasound to think that he might have Down syndrome. And then they did a test after that and concluded. So yeah, it was definitely a shock. We were, you know, anticipating, okay, we don't want our child to have a cleft lip and palate. And then now our child has Down syndrome. And it just was, it was, it was hard. It was a really hard because we were hoping and praying for a healthy child and then found out that this little guy had Down syndrome. You know, it's really sobering just within the medical community. That's probably one of the biggest difficulties is after that ultrasound, even before Coulter was born, they called us into a room and said, we think your son might have trisomy 21 or Down syndrome, and we want to talk to you about your options. And they start talking about adoption and abortion. And, and it's just sobering that as soon as there's a child that has some sort of disability, that the knee-jerk reaction now is to get rid of it. And that's just, that's just wrong, absolutely wrong. And so I stopped the doctor and it's like, we're not having this conversation. This is our child. So that's a stigma, I think, unfortunately, in our culture that doesn't value all children that we have to daily navigate. That's definitely been a challenge. But in the same breath, when my son was born, like I said, he was born with duodenal atresia. So he had to have surgery right after to kind of fix his stomach. And then he had all sorts of complications after that. And we spent the whole summer, about three months in the NICU. Often kids with Down syndrome will have heart issues, but his heart was very healthy, but his GI system was just doing crazy things. Even though before he was born, the doctors were recommending aborting this child. But after he was born, we just received such an incredible medical care, just wonderful doctors, wonderful nurses that were, you know, doing their best to help him survive. My uncle was, he's retired now. He was a neonatologist in Oregon, really well-known in his field. And so the doctors at our hospital, the neonatologists there, I gave him permission to reach out to my uncle and they're chatting and trying to figure out what's going on with this poor little guy. And so the care was just amazing and has continued to be as Coulter has grown up. But sadly, when there's still a bun in the oven, when they're still cooking <laughs> in utero, there can be this culture that, well, we don't want this child because this child might have this, that, or the other. But we, yeah, we spent the summer in the NICU and then Coulter had an NG tube, basically feeding through his nose for nine months after we even left the hospital. So that was a, a real challenge, but he finally started taking food. Kids with Down syndrome often have issues with swallowing just because of the muscle tone and the size of their mouth and their tongue and a host of issues that I'm sure you're familiar with. But thankfully he started eating and his GI system started acting more as it should. So he's healthy now and happy kid and it was definitely the first few months were definitely hard for sure.
Yeah, that's quite the experience. My daughter, she had issues with breastfeeding and my wife, that was a mental hurdle because she was brought up in a circle where it was like breastfeeding is the best thing for them and you have to breastfeed. And well, she would just like fall asleep and she didn't have the energy because it was more work. And so we ended up bottle feeding a lot. I mean, I got to benefit out of that. <laughs> it was definitely a mental struggle with my wife for sure. Uh, she did do some breastfeeding, but bottle feeding was easier. So, that, you know, we had our different difficulties. I would say not as challenging in some ways, but everybody, it, everything's different. We handle some things easier than some other people do. Yeah. I was just also thinking, you know, you're asking about difficulties or challenges. You know, another challenge is just the, the stigmas that come with disability and the disappointments that come with disability. Like you said, not being able to breastfeed or not being able to hold your child right after because he's, you know, all on tubes and wires. And I think there's the physical side of things, but then there's also the emotional and the psychological and the spiritual side of things of just raising a child with special needs, especially in a community that sadly, in many ways, doesn't welcome them. Thankfully, we were surrounded by a wonderful community. Our church community really supported us. And as I said the doctors once Coulter was born they did a great job loving and supporting him and one of the doctors that was a resident doctor at the time the hospital was a university hospital and that resident doctor really bonded well with our family and now she's our son's pediatrician and a family friend but the stigmas though and the challenges and the disappointments of we wanted this but this is what we got can be really hard to navigate for families and uh, that's one of the things that the work that I do is really trying to be a support for families to see that this is not plan B for their life, that all children are a blessing and that we're all broken in different ways and to not give into that shame or that depression that can easily overwhelm someone. So as Severin's talking about here, we got lots of different struggles that can arise because of special needs. But at the same time, life is not all about these struggles. There's lots of pros too, as, as I think is evident by how you're talking. And so would you like to share maybe a few stories about your son that would give some examples of his personality and what he brings to the family? Because we all contribute in different ways. Yeah, I'd love to. Coulter is a bundle of joy. You know, kids, they're stereotypes that come with different disabilities. And folks with Down syndrome are often typified as being happy, joyful, loving people. And, and with Coulter, that is very true. He is incredibly welcoming. He's incredibly joyful. He loves people. He loves uh, giving hugs and being introduced to people. So Coulter, in many ways, has been a huge bridge, a huge advocate, a huge kind of connector for our family to communities that we would maybe not otherwise have encountered without him having Down syndrome. So whether that was obviously the, the hospital that we spent the summer in and the wonderful doctors and nurses that we connected with, or just people in our community that also have kids with special needs. We got connected in Oregon. We had a lot of refugees from Iraq and through a nonprofit called Refugee Care Collective, we got connected with a family that had a, a little guy with special needs and they connected us with him because they knew that, well, we have a child with special needs. So in many ways, Coulter has been a connector for us, even just even as in our family. He's the third child and he gets loved on and taken care of by his older brother and sister so well. They're his best therapists by far. But if there's some tension, maybe there's some like relational tension, maybe my wife and I are in a bit of a tiff or something and there's just tension in the air, like he can pick up on it. Let's say we're in the kitchen and they can tell the mom and dad are not getting along. He'll just stop everything and he'll grab us both and want to have a big hug. So I'll pick him up and he'll bring my wife in and soften my heart and warm my heart. And he'll tell us to give a big hug. And then he'll want to do like a three-way kiss with mom and dad. And that's just kind of anecdotal, but it happens all the time. He's just really 
really just a joy. He loves life and just has a real welcoming spirit, which I think is one of the reasons that often kids with Down syndrome, they bring out a, a lot of beautiful qualities in us, quote unquote, typical people who can sometimes lose sight of the relational dynamic of what it means to be a human and to have connections with other people and express love and affection and just be honest with how we're doing. So yeah, Coulter's great. He loves football. <laughs> he likes to take my phone and watch football highlights. I'm not a big football fan, but he loves watching football when we're from Oregon. So Seattle Seahawks is the closest professional team to us. So he's a Seahawks fan. He's very content to get dad's phone and sit on the couch and watch 10 minutes of football <laughs> highlights. <laughs> he's a, he's a joy. And he also likes Spider-Man or Peter Parker. I'll do workouts in the morning sometimes with my two boys. And from some Spider-Man movie where Peter Parker's doing sit-ups in gym class, Coulter, when he does sit-ups, they're Peter Parker's. So <laughs> that's what he calls sit-ups. That's awesome. So he's 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 a joy. He's a delight. For those of you who can't see, which would basically be everybody with the <laughs> podcast, but if you can see through this mic, I've been grinning a lot because when you're telling the stories of him hugging and bringing it together, I was like, you're describing my daughter. <laughs> if I hug my wife, she's like, I want in too. And she's got right in between. So in some way she holds us together. In other way, she's actually separating us because she wants all of the love. <laughs> but she's also like a little nurse. <laughs> That's great. Yes. It was a joy to meet Penny. My son, obviously, Coulter, was not at the retreat up in Canada with me. My kids were disappointed. They wanted to go up there with me, but it was a joy to see Penny. And as I was watching you guys interact with her and watching, I think we had a service on Sunday and she was on your shoulders. And, and then she eventually made her way up to the front stage where the speaker was sharing. And I saw so much of my son's personality in Penny as well. Kids with Down syndrome have challenges for sure, but man, they really have a warmth that's contagious. It's beautiful. Yeah, they may struggle in some areas, but in other areas, they definitely have on average superior to the average person. Yeah. So there's strengths and weaknesses as with everyone. And I wouldn't trade her for anybody else in the world. <laughs> I love her a lot. You know. I haven't met Coulter yet, but I look forward to it someday, maybe. Yes. We'll see. Yes. Never know. I love traveling. Yeah, you're always welcome. <laughs> but yeah, it's amazing the connections that you make through people. I loved hearing some of those stories because it's so true. We connected with people in the grocery store because Penny, occasionally she tries to literally steal children from other families and take their hand and take them for a walk in the grocery <laughs> store. And this is like during COVID times that we're in. Yeah. But still, it's so cute. <laughs> it's so cute. So I'd like to do a question that I'd like to make a regular thing on the show here, but what is one piece of advice and or encouragement that you have for others facing the unknowns of dealing with someone with special needs, whether it be a parent, aunt, uncle, friend, et cetera? Basically, what kind of message would you like to shout out to everyone out there? I think what I alluded to earlier, one of the challenges is that sense of disappointment or shame or guilt or blame that can accompany disability. But to recognize, you know, we live in a broken world and we live in a beautiful world. When I talk and work with families and, and churches, I talk a lot about that we are the broken beautiful. There's nobody that doesn't have weaknesses and strengths. And that's a part of the human experience living in this world that we do. And so I would really want to encourage people to see that this is not plan B for your life. I myself am a Christian and I believe that God God is the blessed controller of all things. And so Coulter's not a plan B. He is what we needed and we need him and he's a blessing. I would encourage to find a community where your child is valued, where it's not seen as plan B and to fight against that narrative if you're around it that would want to say that disability or, or weakness is somehow something you should try to avoid because we grow through suffering. 
As I said, I'm a Christian and I worship a God that came down and dwelt with us and suffered with us and died for us. And if that horrible death brought salvation for me, then I have to trust that suffering is redemptive, that there's good that comes through suffering, that comes through trials, that comes through disappointments, be it disability or be it something else. You know, it was kind of a sobering thing for us when we were in the hospital with Coulter. I started having health issues as well and obviously lots of stress and poor the end of that stay there, I got diagnosed with type one diabetes, which is really weird. I was 38 years old at the time, relatively healthy. And then all of a sudden I got diagnosed with type one diabetes. I lost like 50 pounds because I couldn't eat anything without my blood sugar going through the roof. There's a temptation in in those circumstances to be like, I'm just going to throw in the towel. Like, this is, what is it? But I, by God's grace, was able to lean in and, and trust that there was a plan for this. And doesn't mean it's not seasons of hardship and weeping and questions and maybe even anger, but just being honest with those emotions, but trusting that it's not plan B for your life, that these trials are doing something in your life, in your heart, in your family, in your community, and for others around us to see us try to shine in the midst of those challenges, I think spoke volumes. You know, when you see somebody who's going through a hard time and they're able to still have joy, that's contagious. And I hope that people were able to see my wife and I and and our kiddos have joy in the midst of the struggles and see that all kids are are a blessing, whether they have Down syndrome or cerebral palsy or spina bifida or whatever the disability might be, that all children are a blessing and we should welcome them with open arms, even with all the challenges. So yeah, it's not plan B and fight against any other culture or person that would try to tell you otherwise. And see your child as a gift because they are. Thank you. Definitely appreciate it. I just want to say thank you again for Severin being on this podcast and sharing some of your stories for all of us out there. Thanks, Jeremy. It's a joy. Thank you. If you've made it this far, I want to thank you for listening and I hope you were blessed by what was shared today. I look forward to bringing you another guest next Monday to share their wisdom and experience. If you are in a family with a special needs member, please reach out to me. I'm on the lookout for more interviewees and would love to be given the opportunity to chat with you. You can contact me via the email in the description below. Goodbye for now.